Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Sports fans took a bunch of news blasts to the face in the last 24 hours. Every single hour, bang, bang, bang. Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick. We even have Stephen A. Smith saying expletives that is circulating on social media. This is a family show, Walker Man. I've just said, well, I didn't say it. Stephen A. Smith did. So don't go show your kids what Stephen A. Smith had to say about Jason Whitlock. But you can keep your kids here on the Wesson Walker Show. Wesson Walker loves the kids, man. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Feel free to text in, share your thoughts, your comments on the text line, 704-570-9610. Again, that number is 704-570-9610. Yesterday was crazy, man. I couldn't keep up. I know Fiddy likes to reference the meme, too. It was Mr. Krabs in what is a bunch of disoriented spaces where he's looking left and right because there's one thing that pops up, newsworthy. Here's another. I was getting ready to go broadcast a Queens game. They got the win last night over Florida Gulf Coast. Shout out to the Royals. But as I'm getting ready, I see on the crawl, just a re- you know it's real big when there's not a lot of information on the breaking news, but they have to get it out there so quickly because it is so urgent. All we saw on the crawl on ESPN yesterday was Nick Saban retires, according to Chris Lowe of ESPN. Like there's no, he had all these many championships. There's none of that. It's, hey, we need to get this out there now. Quick. Nick Saban's retired, according to Chris Lowe of ESPN. And you know, even when Chris Lowe comes across that information, he only puts out on Twitter, Nick Saban retiring, sources tell me, He's a six-time championship winner with Alabama. Send. Like you cuz you know somebody else might be hot on the scent and they might send that tweet 3 seconds before you Woj or Sham style. But Chris Lowe had to break it to the people. Kyle Bailey talked about it yesterday. It happened during his show and that was after West. Like we saw Pete Carroll not retire look to move to an advisory (laughs) role, but then he speaks to the media and it does not look like that guy had any intention himself of quitting coaching the Seattle Seahawks. And yet Seattle was probably behind closed doors saying, yeah, it's our best interest. If you go ahead and move on from the head coaching position, you don't want to, sorry, we're going to force you. And then today we learn of Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots parting ways. What a crazy 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, I think been. with the Pete Carroll thing, I think that was their way of nicely firing him but not embarrassing him. I think maybe they were like, oh, he won a Super Bowl for us, this, that, and the third. Paul uh, Allen's sister uh, took over the team, and I think she just wanted to go in a different direction. But that, to me, was the most unexpected. Saban did hit me, too. I was like, whoa, because I was sending out in the newsroom, and I saw his picture on the screen, but it didn't even dawn on me to read the headline. And then they're like, he retired. And I'm just like, whoa, okay. I thought it was going to come probably in the next three to four years, but I thought that he was going to be back with a vengeance next season 
to try and take that job. And then the state of college football that we're in now, because of recruits, you see Shadur Sanders soliciting Alabama players. And they said Alabama's looking to make a hire in the next 72 hours because they're like, whoa, we got to save these recruits, man. We can't be losing these guys. We put too much money into them, et cetera, et cetera. Already lost one. Already yeah. lost one. Yeah, so they said we got – and they've been having some decommitments as well with the high school kids. So, uh, so yeah, that's been wild. And then Belichick, I expected that one fully. I just didn't know which day it was going to drop. But I think that it's funny because, to me, he and Saban are brothers from another. And so yeah. for them to kind of, you know, Saban retiring, Belichick parting ways with the Patriots within – basically 24 hours of each other, I thought was pretty interesting. All right, let's go around the room. What percent chance do you think there was that Nick Saban contacted Bill Belichick before this news dropped or vice versa saying, hey, it's about over for me? Do you think those guys were talking at all before the final decision was made? Yeah, and and I think that's (laughs) his boy. And I think he knew it was coming because I'm sure that Saban, just like when we talked to our friends and we complain about different things, I'm sure that Saban was complaining to him about all the stuff in college football. And I know Belichick probably felt him on a level because Yo, he's Nick, probably like, man, I couldn't. How in the world did you deal with Mac Jones? Right. Man, this guy's killing me. <laughs> that too. So, yeah, I think that uh, Belichick probably wasn't surprised at all. And Saban's the type of guy, I'm sure this was very well thought out. He probably knew for a while now oh, this yeah. was coming. And I'm sure Belichick did too. Yeah, b- because this – so we can go back to some of the other legends, really more so in college basketball, hanging him up. You go to college basketball – we have already been somewhat prepared for this if you care about that sport. Because Roy Williams, he doesn't have the farewell tour. That was not planned. Roy Williams deciding to retire seemed very, this doesn't seem like it's my bag anymore. And he truly felt like he was not the best man for the spot or and for the position that's the anymore. And with Saban too, but keep going. Well, yeah. So Roy Williams telling you that he didn't want a farewell tour and it seemed like he was deciding kind of on a whim you know, thinking about it for a little while, of course, but it wasn't planned for a whole season. Coach K did have the farewell tour. Mm-hmm. Jim Beheim, who knows when he was going to retire, and then eventually last year is the season. And Jay Wright, that was real surprising. And so you see an era of Hall of Fame level coaches within two years' time of each other decide to all hang it up. We we're prepared for that mass movement of coaches into a different regime. College football, professional football, now we're starting to see that. In the NFL, within. 24 hours of each other, Pete Carroll, who goes on an incredible run with Seattle. Yes, only one Super Bowl, but still a great run. Yeah, blew getting, a second one. Yeah, he did. He did. Gets to a couple championships, but even getting there through a couple of different ways. You don't have many. Lo- how many losing seasons did he ever post in Seattle? I mean, it was like, I what, less than out. two, right? research team on it. Yeah. The fact that you had 500 or better really every season with Seattle, that's incredible. And, of course, Bill Belichick. I think he's the best coach of all time. I think Nick Saban is the best coach of all time. So we're seeing a couple of goats move on. And here we are. And now you think about your childhood. You think about at least my childhood, Fiddy's childhood. You're a little bit older than us here. Yeah, so. three. Yeah, so three seasons. Yeah, I'm old there. enough to remember uh, Nick Saban <laughs> at Michigan State. Okay, well, we are not. I don't remember him at all at yeah, Michigan I State. Yeah, I So I remember him with Miami. And LSU. He used to rock the pullover uh, V-neck joint at Michigan State. So this is, I always go back to Kobe Bryant and reflect on the Kobe thing. Because Kobe was the first Hall of Fame level talent 
across any sport that I remember from the beginning to the end of his playing career. And of course we had the unfortunate tragedy, but just talking about watching him score 60 points in his last ever game, at least in my lifetime, that was the first time seeing somebody as the teenager play in the NBA all the way up until his last game. And now it's kind of a weird reflection with myself here as I'm getting older. Oh man, I don't know life before Bill Belichick. The first ever Super Bowl party I ever had as a kid was my boys coming over to the house and watching the Rams mm. get upset by Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. I was in college. I was at Florida. And you know, we, we were having different parties then. <laughs> <laughs> you were having different parties down there in Gainesville than I was in Claremont, North Carolina. But that's what I remember. I don't remember life really before Nick Saban coaching somewhere. And so that's what I think a lot of people, I'm 31. I imagine anybody in the neighborhood of my age is feeling something very similar today. Watching Nick Saban on the crawl, he's retired. Bill Belichick, no longer coaching for the Patriots. Pete Carroll, after watching him at USC dominate, move to Seattle, also be successful there. The coaches that I knew at the top of the game, they're all moving on, Wes. It's like a real reflective moment for sports fans that care any level about these things. Yeah, and if you saw Deion Sanders' tweet, he was talking about how you know, college football, the GOAT has left basically because of the state of the game. And uh, I saw on the bottom line, I forgot who it was attributed to, but they were talking about how NIL and those things had worn uh, on Coach Saban. And, uh, you know, I was teammates with Josh Gaddis, and who's a great player at Wake Forest, and he was the offensive coordinator um, and a wide receivers coach at Alabama, and he went on to Michigan, to which he told me that Saban uh, went off on him when he left to go to Michigan. Uh, but... Um, you know, he told me just how much behind he had to kiss uh, to five-star recruits. And this was pre-NIL era. So you could just imagine now with the dollar amounts in where Saban could normally walk into a kid's house with his championship rings and say, listen, you want to go to the league? You want to win championships? Come with me. And now he's sitting there telling these kids that. And they're like, all right, that's cool. But uh, George is offering me, you know, 800000 up the road. What you got for me? And I know for Saban, that was probably just like, all right, man. Wes. I am on ESPN.com, and I often gauge the biggest news stories out there, the biggest stories out there based on their top headlines, certainly as it pertains to sports. The top headlines, after Pete Carroll hangs it up, and this is for the college football scene, so I guess it's a little different, but for the college football scene, we're talking about two days removed from Jim Harbaugh and Michigan winning a championship. The top headlines are Saban, ready to support Alabama in transition, Number nine recruit nixes Bama commit after Saban exit. And then you have the championship. (laughs) Yeah. They got overshadowed very quickly. Let's get off the bus. Let's let's pull up to the scene because I'm interested in what Fiddy has to say about this, too. Bringing a little bit of a different demographic. There's not a huge age difference between us, but there is a decent one. And so let's pull up to the scene. Mr. Bus driver, go ahead and pull up, open up the doors and let's get off the bus talking about some goats. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I can feel it. Biddy, I do want to go to you. Which news hits harder for you? Is it Saban leaving Bama? Or is it Bill Belichick no longer coaching for New England? I think for me, I'll go I'll go Saban because I, I've hated him more than I've hated Bill Belichick. Like... With, with, with Brady and Belichick, after you come back down 28-3 to in the Super Bowl, you just appreciate the greatness and the wizardry that, that, that they they both had. 
But Saban, like, he single-handedly ruined college football. Like, you won six national championships in 14 years. Like, basically every other year, he was winning a national championship. And so my hatred level for him far exceeded my hatred level for Bill Belichick. But I can look at it, I can look at it and say that with him gone, and that's the best job in, in college football. Like, that job doesn't come open very often. I'm interested to see, does Alabama revert to what they were pre-Saban? One title in 30 years? Or do they get this higher ride and they just keep on winning championships like it's their birthright? I'm interested in debating the whole, is it the best job in college football? Because it all depends on how you define what the best job in college football is. But I do hear you on the fact that we already saw Tom Brady West leave New England. And so... When I view that organization, when I view Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, I do view them for the most part in a pair. Tom Brady got a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. That matters. But when I still view the dynasty, I still view both of them at the forefront. And so that's why this Nick Saban news, despite it happening when I was in high school, his first year coincides with my first year in high school. And now here I am at 30. And then he decides to leave where I don't know life at all really with Bill Belichick coaching anywhere else besides New England. And so the timeline does not necessarily line up with me, but the impact with Saban dominating college football to the level at which at what Fitty was talking about, like we did have a decade or so in between Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. And so you did see a little bit more parity, which is what the NFL is designed to do with the hard cap. But yeah, Nick Saban leaving Alabama, especially with there not being nearly as much of a warning. Some people saw it coming. I know Bomani called it. But we didn't nearly have as much of a warning as we did with Bill Belichick. And I think that's why Saban hits me harder. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. It was just how their season ended. You felt like that Saban, he's always looking forward. Even when he won championships, the first thing he's saying is, hey, I'm going to get on the phone with these recruits and get my next class of national champions in here. He was always looking forward. And so you thought after them losing this year, being so close, and with Jalen Miro and everything he had coming back, you were like, man, no chance he passes up the opportunity to win a championship next year because you look at some like the way too early uh, top 25 that we saw after the championship game we'll probably get to that tomorrow because of all of the news that's been going on but you look at it and you say well Georgia and Alabama in some polls are one and two and you are like he has a chance to get an eighth ring and to further cement himself as if he couldn't further himself more than he already is so that's why it kind of caught me off guard but when I thought about it, like after the first initial shot of just seeing it, because like Dion said, you knew the day was coming. You just didn't know when. And so I, I sat there and just thought about it for a while and everything going on because a lot of the new changes in the sport have run off some of the best coaches because I personally think Coach K could still have been on the sidelines had it not been for this new era, but I definitely think Roy Williams still would have given it a couple of more years as well as... No, uh, the new era has to, right? Yeah. I mean, because it's just so wildly different than what you're used to. Super different, And it's hard. And look, I I don't mind it at all because I do think that it was much needed for the players to be able to have some power in deciding where they wanted to transfer. And if you're going to make it to the point where the coaches can go wherever they want to and not have to sit out and clearly unequal rules for the coaches compared to the players, even though the players contribute a lot to college football as well, I I do think that it was necessary to allow the players that 
power. I am also not here to disagree with how hard it is for coaches too to navigate in this new world. Yes. Like it's really hard. And so now you spend multiple years recruiting a guy, you land him, things change because that's how life is. And then after the next season, he's not exactly thrilled with his that role. Too. And there are so many different options to where he can go and choose and say, all right, I like this one better now. What are you going to do to keep me? Well, I just did everything I could the last couple of years. You want to leave? It's ultimately that player's decision. If it's bad, good, or whatever, they get to make that decision for themselves with the help of whoever they seek. But it's still really hard for the coaches not to, mention, to watch them leave. Like yeah, that. not to mention, you know, you're at Alabama. Your brand turned that player into a commodity. The kid could be a decent player, not even great, but coaches looking at portal and see, oh, Alabama's got a running back in the portal? Oh, we want him. You know what I'm saying? Your brand helped build him up and then for him to just be like, all right, coach, uh, I didn't get enough carries last year. I'm gone. And, and think about Saban having it a little bit. Maybe this is up for debate. But I would think just on the surface, Nick Saban, because of all of the success, he had already done the hard part, right? Building himself into the greatest college football coach of all time. Because you are at the top of the mountain, I would imagine looking down on everybody else, that would make him navigating the NIL era a little bit easier. Yeah. Because if there are talented kids leaving their program, well, there's only one place to go that's up. Yeah. And that's Alabama. If you leave anywhere else, like if you go to Alabama, ain't nobody above them. Right. And so if you're Nick Saban and he wasn't necessarily with this era, it goes to show you, you either adapt or you die crazy hard. Mm -hmm. Because Nick Saban's like, all right, I got to the college football playoff the last three years with two losses. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I got to the college football playoff this last season, only had two losses each of the last three years, and now even I'm done with it. And I probably had it easier based off the foundation I built myself. Imagine what these other coaches that are trying to navigate this world are going through right now. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, change times I saw uh, from I think it was all CFB on Instagram just had the changes and and the new era of college football and they did a look back and I mean it's just been wild and it's just been fast moving with the changes that have come to college football. Nick Saban takes over in 07, finishes seven and six and only has one three loss season in the rest of his tenure with the Crimson Tide. An unbelievable run with Alabama. Now, the other news that hit us crazy yesterday was Stephen A. Smith absolutely going off on Jason Whitlock. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was cackling. Fitty <laughs> put that clip in our uh, Wesson Walker DMs, and I had to bring it up after knowing what he said but needed to listen to it. Had to bring it up in the car. Had to put it on Bluetooth and listen to that on a stereo system somehow, <laughs> some way. And it delivered. Boy, did Stephen A. Smith deliver. This leads to the question you thought of, Wes. This is for the text line. Yes. 704-570-9610. If you could go off on somebody that hard, Stephen A. Smith level, publicly, without any repercussions, which there are some coming towards Stephen A., but he's also at the top of the mountain, so it doesn't matter. Yes. Like, Stephen A. is going to get to do whatever he wants to. And he already told a lot of yeah. people to powers that be everybody. what he was going to do. He warned his pastor. He yeah. called his pastor. <laughs> I'm about to say some bad stuff, pastor. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> if there was anybody you would like to go off on like that, who would it be? Who would it be? Let us know. 704-570-9610. And we can only take so many Fitty responses, okay? Only so many Fitty answers on the text line. I kid. We love Fitty. He's got his toboggan on. He's looking swaggy today. Let's move on. Let's talk about how the news we heard in the last 24 hours actually affects the Carolina Panthers. 
Is there any affecting of this organization? We'll talk about it coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I don't know why I didn't see this coming, but I, I didn't. I had I can't tell a lie here. Everybody wrote in on the text line. Walker, you're about to get a million David Tepper text on the text line when you ask the question, who would you most like to go off on Stephen A. Smith style if there were no repercussions? And everybody was right. I got a lot of David Tepper answers. We got a Dan oh. Snyder, but we can pivot too. That's cool. Who else besides David Tepper would you like to do that? Okay, with? well, yes. I mean, we we can we can read a couple of other ones, but yeah, we got some political figures. I expected to get that. I did expect that, but I was looking for some of the fun ones, and uh, I don't know if we got really any fun answers to be honest with you. I was expecting a little bit more. Yeah, you know, we got David Tepper. We got political figures, and that's about it. I don't know if we got anybody else that's so fun. Maybe like a, a DJ Chark. I don't know. Like DJ Chark for fumbling the football, allowing us to have another shutout to end the season. I don't know. Like I thought Fitty, somebody might go Fitty style and go in on Steve Clifford or I don't know. Well, I mean, there's no reason to cuss out Steve Clifford. Panther Bow did go after me. Oh, he did say Fitty? That if I were to pick Purdue again to win the NCAA oh, tournament, yeah. I would get cussed out Jason Ooh. Whitlock style. Understandable. So biscuits and gravy writes in Mark Davis. There we go. Seven Oh four writes in Steve Clifford. That was just a sympathy text. I think it was too. Yeah, I think it was. All right. You can still text in if you want to seven Oh four five seven Oh 96 10. I did want to ask this question though. So we get all this news, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, no longer coaching. I mean, it's crazy. All three of them no longer coaching at their franchise or their program where even Pete Carroll that's a big deal to be third on this list here, Wes. Pete Carroll stepping down, or not mm-hmm. even stepping down, but seemingly being forced out. Clearly the third biggest storyline of these three. That's what's nuts about all of this. Can you find the local angle here? Can you find the local angle on any of these guys not coaching at their previous stop anymore to where it seems like the, the local angle would be what are the chances Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick comes and coaches the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most obvious one. Other than that, I mean, I guess I've seen people throw out wild stuff like asking Nick Saban to be an advisor or uh, different things like that. But the most obvious answer is Pete Carroll now in the mix 
for the Carolina Panthers head coaching job? Will they perhaps try to see and kick the tires on him? And uh, we know that Bill Belichick is certainly going to be a target. Whether or not David Tepper really wants a coach like that, a real boss coach, the boss coach in the NFL to come in here, that remains to be seen. But I think I think it'll be interesting. And I would ask you guys, what what would make you think this thing could possibly be a reality because I feel like if he comes in for an interview, which I don't even know why you'd interview Bill Belichick, he doesn't need, he's like the actor who you already have picked out for the role. You're like, all right, I'm doing this movie. I want Denzel Washington. I don't give a damn. I don't want to have anybody else come in and read for this part. That's who I'm going to go get. And I saw a thing with Bill Belichick. I don't think there would be any interview process. If you just saw that his plane is in Charlotte or he's in Charlotte. Would it be a foregone conclusion that this thing is going to happen? No, I don't, I don't think so. And I actually do think the interview matters quite a bit because while Bill Belichick, I do consider the goat. Sometimes things change, man. And he was great at the era. He was winning the Super Bowls and getting to the postseason constantly. And I think he was getting too much credit stripped from him when Tom Brady goes to Tampa and wins a championship. I think Bill Belichick still has a lot to do with all of those championship appearances. But the last few seasons, they've not been great. The defense has still been actually pretty good. without Brady. Yeah, it's not been great the last few seasons. Part of that is because he's still the GM and he makes a lot of the personnel decisions. Does Bill Belichick want to do that? If David Tepper does not have a general manager in place, and we're hearing from Dan Graziano on the Gossip Talk about... David Tepper wanting to pair a head coach with the new GM. If Bill Belichick is your first hire, Bill Belichick might talk David Tepper out of hiring a new GM. And then he has personnel decision-making process again, or power again. And I don't want that. I don't want that from, because that's actually gone bad for a while now, not even over the last couple of seasons that was happening when Tom Brady was still there. He was making poor decisions. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion And I actually do want to interview him. How are you going to make Bryce better? Because I didn't see Mac Jones improve all that much the last couple of seasons. In fact, I think he regressed. If the entire goal is to make sure Bryce Young succeeds, and I didn't see that happen with Bill Belichick and his rookie QB that they took in the first round, I would like to know what's going to change with this rookie quarterback instead of just giving him the job as soon as he lands in Charlotte. Well, see, I feel like those are questions with a guy of Belichick's ilk. That's something that you would probably ask after the fact. You're going about it the right way. It is more than correct to bring him in and interview him, ask him his plan, see what he's <laughs> going to do. I just feel like he's so made that once he comes in, like Belichick's not showing up unless he knows he's getting a job. I, I just think he's on that type of time right now. He's like, look, man. I'm not wasting my time coming in for an interview. I'm not any of these little pip squeaks you got in here. I got six blingies that, that, <laughs> on my hand. You know I like, what I'm saying? I don't I, need yeah, to blingies. tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to win. Are you in or not? No. So, so you're right. I'm sure Bill Belichick feels that way. Do you think that works with any of the vacancies we have? Because there are plenty of shots. There's eight vacancies. I was trying to keep up. Fiddy informed me there were eight. I thought there were still seven. I was like, wait, which one am I missing? There's been so many, but does that work at least one time even before, or is it going to be one of those things where every other coach or every other franchise decides to move on to a different head coach? And then it's like, all right, well, we've done worse in a plan Z situation than Bill Belichick being our last resort. I, I just don't know if a franchise would go that way saying, Hey, Bill Belichick walks in, 
says, hey, I'm, I'm Bill freaking Belichick. Give me the job and then walks out. Does that work with a franchise? Yeah, I think he'll have carte blanche with most of the jobs that are open. I think that a lot of because you have he's got the cachet and he gives your franchise the ability to have an out. If you hire him and it doesn't work out, then people are going to say, well, I get it. I know why you hired Bill Belichick. He's the greatest NFL coach of all time. And there are owners who believe that there are some owners who don't think that it was Brady. The majority of the reason why that they won. Uh, Amandola said that they worked for Bill Belichick and that they played for Tommy. They played for Tom Brady. And so, but I think there are a lot of owners who don't necessarily agree with that. They think Belichick was the man running that machine. You hear the rumors with the Eagles that if they don't win Monday, they could fire Sirianni and they want Belichick. And Belichick is going to walk right in. There ain't no interview. I haven't even heard those rumors. Is that right? They oh, will, yeah. They might fire no, Nick people, Sirianni. I've heard it on wow. a few shows that they were talking about that. It's whispers coming that if, if Sirianni doesn't win Monday night, they're going to get rid of him. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. What else you got, Fiddy? I mean, there's not a current vacancy that, that fits that mold. If Mike McCarthy loses Sunday afternoon, then Dallas is the one job where he doesn't have to interview. Like, you just fly him to Dallas and say, look, we've got the roster. You coach the team up. We'll take care of the personnel. I think Washington is maybe the best case scenario, though, because you've got new ownership. You've got the number two pick. The roster, even after they traded away their two best defensive linemen, it's not a bad roster. You've got offensive weapons. You've got $74 million in cap space to to utilize this offseason. And there hasn't been a repeat champion in the NFC East since 2005. And we see worst of first all the time in the NFL. That's the one job where you could say with Dan Snyder out of the way, could attract double B. Sounds like Panthers there. Worst of first? Well, with the Cowboys, though, with that cap space, that stuff is going to get eaten up like Pac-Man because they got to pay Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb, and Dak Prescott. So that that little uh, money is getting eaten up. As New Orleans has proven, the the, the salary cap is... Well, they're dealing with it's it now. It's like, yeah, it, it yeah, but how many teams do we see with three guys at the top of the market at their position? We we don't see that. That That's going to be hard to pull off. I know because the 49ers do a lot of wild stuff that I'm like, how are they able to pull that off? Jeez. But to have three guys at Brock the top Hardy. of the market, and we've seen a lot of teams that once they pay that quarterback something crazy, and I mean, Dak's next deal, we're talking 50-plus. Michael Parsons is probably going to be close to 40. C.D. Lamb is probably going to be in that 35 range. That's a lot of thriller for a receiver, 35? He's going to be in that 30, oh, 35 make a lot probably, of money. But, yeah. But, but, but regardless, like, I, I, a, I, well, that's fine. I, I think that's actually getting sideways just because they're all talented players still. Right, like so. Even if you only sign two of the three, that's still a really talented roster. I think point, large point, spirit of what you were talking about still makes sense. I think for me, Bill Belichick going to Dallas that might make some sense, but Mike McCarthy's not going anywhere. So I think um, all of this is no. If 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 they, if they lose, lose, he's getting fired. If, if I'll, I'll bet, I don't think so. All right, what you want to bet? Jerry Jones didn't I give him my, my money back from the Hornets bet. <laughs> oh, no. no, put it on the line. You said no. you want uh, real quick. No, because, no, because I gave you an out a month ago and you weren't. I know. I'm trying to take it now. Nope. Nope. It's 2024. Real quick, Fiddy. Uh, Tyreek Hill's average is 30 per year. And Jerry Jones did not give him a ring and endorsement yes, he did. the other day. No, he did. He did. I, he was on the airwaves. He was on radio. We can look it up and, and look, get drum. Hey, drum, make, make sure you're doing some research here. But no, he said Mike McCarthy is going to be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and he's done an excellent job. As long as he wins. If, if he wins Sunday and they lose in the divisional, he he's not going that. anywhere. He didn't say that. You're saying that, which okay. Yeah, if, if they lose at home to Green Bay on Sunday night, 
No, Mike Mike McCarthy's probably fired. Yeah, because I saw by him 11 on uh, TV footage, like with all the when they were talking to him and all the mics were around him, and he was he was towing the line of. So Is then, so then he said so he, on he the radio show afterwards, more. he said, "Let me be clear, Mike okay. McCarthy is our coach. Whatever, right? That's like one team. I don't want to get too bogged down on one team. There's going to be plenty of vacancies for Bill Belichick to come potentially go to. Here's a theory I wanted to throw your way real quickly, okay? Because I do think with everybody riding on the text line right now that the Carolina Panthers out of eight vacancies, it's the worst job. If there's a ninth vacancy, it'll still be the worst job." That's what everybody's writing in, right? I do wonder if this job would be most attractive to a retread type coach. Because if you're an offensive coordinator, a young defensive coordinator looking for your first go around or your second go around, either way, you still want to set yourself up for success. D'Amico Ryans said to the media that his one piece of advice for Bobby Slowick was not to be too eager to jump into a head coaching job. Make sure you pick the right one so that you're best set up for success down the line. And if you're going with a second shot, then of course you've already failed. You failed twice. You probably ain't going to be a retread a third time. And so the reason I'm bringing up the retread as far as these guys that have had success, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, if he's let go, those guys have already won a Super Bowl, multiple in Belichick's case. They've already built a culture from the ground up and sustained it for over a decade's worth of time at each of their franchises. This could be the last box they check off doing that same very thing, building up another franchise where somebody with somebody that is at the complete bottom. And so I think that would be more attractive with everybody writing in. This is the worst job in the NFL right now. I think it would be most attractive to the guys that have already shown you they can win a championship and whose ego is higher than theirs, whose confidence is higher than the guys that have already won the championships and been there multiple times. Each of those coaches I brought up have been to the Super Bowl multiple times and one is one more than anybody to ever do it. So I would be interested in, hey, instead of only taking the Chargers job, or only taking the Bears job, some of these, even though they're keeping Matt Eberflus, but you get the idea. One of these teams that's set up right now with a roster and draft picks, if I don't get that job, then it's nothing. I do wonder if they would look at Carolina pretty favorably, be saying, hey, I could be a guy that has done something I did in my previous stop twice now by completely revamping Carolina. Because their reputation, it could not be any lower when you hear national NFL pundits talk well, about it. Well, USA Today has it as the fifth job. They got it above the Raiders and the Titans. Well, that's surprising. I think most people would have well, it as the worst. Is is this job clearly worse than the Raiders job? Like, honestly, is it clearly because worse than the Panthers? Because the Panthers, in my opinion, Davis? I mean, well, not even in my opinion. They've had much more success than the Raiders have had in recent memory. So, yeah, I I don't know. Like, the Titans it's, it's, as well. But it's towards the bottom. I mean, I think 50-50, sure. I don't know what's better. I don't know what's worse. Like it's, Panthers it's, and Raiders is both bad. But keeping up in the spirit of the point here, I think what we're talking about is a coach taking complete control over a culture and building it from the ground up because it's at rock bottom right now. Yeah, the problem is, is does Belichick want to do that at 72? If Pete Carroll is interested in coaching, does he want to do it at 72? The age oh, is I think both those guys still want to coach very much so. But the thing I think, too, that's interesting about the Panthers and one thing we may be overlooking is the fact that this division has been bad for the last few years. And with Carolina hitting rock bottom, they're going to have to climb up in a division that I feel is going to be trending up. It's just a hunch. But 
I think that this division's been down for a while. I think Atlanta could be on the precipice of being about to blow up. I think the Saints are a couple of moves away, too. And then we see what Tampa's doing, winning the division three years in a row. But if they make some tweaks here and there, who knows? But, uh, you know, down 85 South to me is a team that's really looking like they might oh, sure. be, you know, they are offseason of correct choices away from turning themselves into a real problem. Sure. 704 writes in Walker, stop trying to hype the Panthers job. It's the worst. Our franchise is a joke. No one will want to come here. I Look, I don't know how I was hyping it up by saying it was the worst job in all of the NFL. <laughs> in fact, it seems like the exact opposite of hyping that up. My point is that you're dealing with personalities like Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll who clearly still want to coach like Pete Carroll. Well, actually let's play the soundbite here. Here's Pete Carroll breaking down, uh, talking about his resignation, quote unquote resignation with Seattle. <laughs> this is worth crying for. <laughs> uh, I didn't know he cried. Glenn, and nobody would ever understand how significant She's been through all of the stuff that we've been through. I and how uh, important she is. As a, as she's just been the angel in my life. And I owe you everything. Um, my boys, Brennan and Nate, you guys would have no idea how valuable they've been to me because they were the ones that would give me all the crap about what I was doing wrong or what I was screwing up. They were harsh and, and their critiques were rash and, and the whole thing, it was perfect because I needed that loyalty. And uh, they were the epitome of it for me. My man was sad there, but if you also saw the other questions that he was taking with media, got a little angry. He did not seem like he was ready to step down from that job. He's not done coaching. No, he's not. No, he's not. And that's why after everybody was reporting that he was going to move into an advisory role, and then we saw him speak to media, and nobody left with that take anymore, Pete Carroll wants to coach. Bill Belichick wants to coach. It's all they've done their entire lives. And if they can bring somebody from the ground up, I'm not saying this is an attractive job, but I think it, in this weird type of antithesis type of way, the Panthers job is attractive because it is so unattractive. If you are successful here and you do it at a second stop, you're a made man more than you already are right now. Well, you know, Pete Carroll could look at this as rebuilding USC, rebuilding the Seattle Seahawks. What's interesting is how would Panther fans feel about hiring your enemy? Like, for what, five, six years, they were your biggest rival as any rival in the division because you played them every year. You played them in playoff games. Mm -hmm. Would you be comfortable having him and that shit on your sidelines yeah, every that, Sunday? that goes out the window. Once he's coming to help you win, I, you forgive past transgressions. Well, but, but then what if he doesn't win? Well, if he doesn't win, he doesn't win. But for the most part in sports, yeah, for the most part in sports, if you got a chance to get a great coach and he can help you win, doesn't matter if he's a rival, you're going to be with it. I've seen most people. I don't think anybody wants Pete or Bill Belichick. That was not the case when we talked about Sean Payton, by the way, last year. He would take Pete. But I see most people saying they wouldn't take him. Yeah, right. We we do have Cam tweets things. Maybe some are a little bit different with Pete Carroll. That wasn't the case with Sean Payton last year. I saw a lot more reception with Sean Payton saying, okay, that's fine. More than I'm seeing with Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick, but you brought up the age. I do think a lot of people put that at the top being 72 years old, being in your seventies. It's pretty well, damn Pete, old. Pete's vibrant and Belichick is. is fairly, he's fairly vibrant in his own way. Ain't that right? Fit? I think that's, I don't yeah, man. <laughs> what is vibrant about that? I don't ever question my energy, man. <laughs> 
That is the exact opposite of vibrant. Hey, I like what Ronnie said, though, that Houston was considered the worst job last year, and it was considered a very bad job. Yeah. After what they had done to their previous coaches, people were questioning their ownership, too, so there's some hope for Panther fans yeah. right there. We just don't know. We just have zero clue. In fact, Houston might be open if D'Amico Ryans goes to Alabama, right? You'd have to be crazy to go to Alabama after coaching Houston, right? Oh, wow, that would be interesting. All right, hold that thought. We can talk about okay. it. All right, we got Campus Quarter coming up next. We're up against a break. We have plenty more to get to. Lots of sports stories here on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. because you just need to move somehow to that. I'm going to add that to your playlist. Please do. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Feel free to text in. The text line number is 704-570-9610. We're continuing the conversation about how the storylines from the last two days affect the Carolina Panthers. Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, would you like to have either one of them be the next head coach of the Panthers? Mike from Mooresville said, these guys have been in football longer than I have been alive. The disconnect between a 21-year-old and a 72-year-old coach is astronomical. Mr. Football player, Wes Bryant, put your football helmet on. Okay. How true is that? Could you see yourself in Florida or Wake Forest? I mean, how old was Steve Spurrier at that point? Uh, he might have been, I think, early 60s. Okay. So, I mean, you're kind of close there. Uh-huh. You're about 10 years off, but does Mike from Mooresville have a point, the difference between a 20-year-old, let's say 21 to 25, and a 72-year-old coach that we're looking at? Um, And you saying like as far as how they relate to him, if they'll like him and stuff. And I mean, I feel and like... if it matters. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't matter because these guys have mystiques. These guys are legends. These guys have an aura. When they walk in the room... You know, heads turn. People are paying attention to them. And when Bill Belichick or Nick Saban walks in the room or Pete Carroll walks in the room, they're going to command the attention of the players that are sitting there because uh, they've won championships and they've won and their wealth of knowledge and what they know. So, you know, I could be speaking differently now from my perspective, but I just feel like, you know, at my age, that was a big deal for Spurrier or to meet any of the coaches that I had watched on TV growing up, that I had admired, that I had seen win lots of football games. And I think that still rings true because you guys, uh, you know that those guys know what they're doing, uh, especially a guy like Belichick. I mean, he's got six championships. That's that's as made as it gets. So when he comes in the room, you got to pay him his proper respect. Well, and it's not like, I mean, we've, we've seen Mac Brown come back that doesn't have the same mystique. 
but you're talking about some kind of aura surrounding them with a and championship. The players love him. The players love Mac Brown. Yeah. Different character, not Nick Saban in any way, shape, or form. Nope. Or even Bill Belichick, but has his success. And we see old coaches still be successful in today's day and age. But I guess they're all starting to leave because it's a new era, as we talked about at the top of the broadcast. Uh, HJ writes in, it's been so long since we played Seattle in the playoffs. Nobody remembers that rivalry. 3-3-6, do the Panthers consider the Seahawks rivals? Yeah, this is what Fiddy was talking about. Because most people don't want Bill Belichick to coach the Panthers. Most people don't want Pete Carroll to coach the Panthers. And I think most people didn't want Belichick because Panthers fans, they hate the Patriots. Beat him in the Super Bowl. You had the culture of cheating, right? Remember Marty Herney calling the Patriots out for that over a decade ago? And so there's still a lot of disdain for that organization and Bill Belichick. But I agree with Fiddy. It is at least something to overcome a little bit. I'd st- even You might still welcome him. I'm not saying, oh, you wouldn't take him. But that was a hell of a rivalry, man. That was fun. Especially 2015. Carolina beats him twice after Seattle had owned them in some really hard-fought games. That was absolutely an NFC rivalry for a little bit. Well, and I mean, like I'm speaking from experience, like watching Dallas hire Mike McCarthy, he was like he was the guy. That was the guy that Jerry Jones wanted, and this was a guy that beat you in the playoffs in 2014 in the desk catch where it felt like maybe Dallas was destined to make the Super Bowl. It was a guy that beat you during Dak and Zeke's rookie year when you were 13 and three, the number one seed, felt destined to maybe make the NFC title game, go to the Super Bowl, and you hire the guy that beat you. So maybe maybe Panther fans, because it's been so long, they've forgotten about it. But, I mean, I'm not a Panther fan, and I remember those games, and I remember how bad I wanted to beat Seattle. So it would be something you have to consider if you were to hire him. Like, this was a guy that owned you for five years. I think it depends on the caliber of coach it is and I guess what have been some of their mishaps. Because I'm thinking about it, all right, as a 49er fan, would I have been cool in the 90s if Jimmy Johnson had left Dallas and come to San Francisco? Yeah, I would have because I know Jimmy Johnson is going to win and he's going to get it done. But like Pete Carroll, right. if he came over, nah, I wouldn't be with that because for one, he's a winner. obviously though. he's more attached to some of the pain the Seahawks have caused me. But I also question some of the stuff that he's done in the past, like not running Marshawn in yeah. the Super Bowl, how the players you know, kind of lost respect for him. Along the way, that type of stuff weighs in with me, too. Pete Carroll, it it does feel like we had the Seth Wickersham article that dropped, I don't know how many years ago at this point, but it highlighted a special treatment of Russell Wilson that was at the dismay of the Legion of Boom. Guys like Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, people were not with that special treatment of Russell Wilson, and so that caused a divide in the locker room. But even Mina Kimes, not with Lenny this time. No, don't. I'm sorry, it wasn't on the podcast. It was on NFL Live. Mina Kimes talked about this yesterday. Of course, a huge Seattle fan talking to players on that roster said they would run through a brick wall for that guy. And and how players talk about Pete in a way that other players don't talk about other head coaches. And so it it does feel even Adam Schefter though yesterday is saying that there was a disconnect with some of the younger players on the roster. Just wasn't able to. I don't know. It's not like there were fences broken between them, but just not able to be on the same page as much as you would like a head coach and a younger player to be. And so those are some of the questions that you have to answer real quickly. We did ask the question, who would you like to most go off on Stephen A. Smith style 
and give me a sports answer. Don't give me, you know, David Tepper. We got a lot of those. Or your neighbor or something. Yeah. Uh, We got some interesting. (laughs) After I asked you to raise up the game a little bit, people rose to a different level. 704 said, I'd love to go off on Willie P about his food takes. You're seeing the light. (laughs) 704 said, Wes, somebody said, I'd cuss out my wife. Dang. Oh, what? You're, you know you're what? insane. You think she knows? Do you think that she knows that? Woo. Oh no. Uh, Sad Cat Lancaster, South Carolina, an interesting one. I'd go off on Biggie Smalls for hopping in that car. That's a good. That's a noble. That's a, yeah. That's a noble rant. Would you be okay being called the words that Whitlock was called? If it meant that it was saving your life, I guess so. That one broke my brain a little bit. And Trucker T, he said my boss. Yeah, we can all get behind that one. Not Jeff. I'm sorry, Jeff. I don't want to do that to you. I'm not going off like that. Just everybody else can get on that same page. <laughs> not me. No, not me. Not boss man Jeff Rickard. All right. Let's go to the campus corner. We continue corner. the Nick Saban conversation. And Carolina Fitty. Show shown up in a big old way today. I mean, he is just North Carolina. I mean, he went to the truck to get extra, extra apparel. Car- Carolina's <laughs> balling. They beat NC State. We'll talk about that game after the Tar Heels win over the Wolfpack. Coming up next, two more hours to go. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.